Thursday, happy uh, last Thursday of the year. It is officially, I feel like I've been counting it down for a long time, but it is officially the last Thursday of 2021. For some of you, that might be bells and whistles. For some, it may be, I don't know, some sadness, but we're going to mix it all up in here on the Be Mixed tonight. Um, so again, uh, welcome and happy everything. Happy almost end of the year. Happy all of that. Um, and welcome and welcome back to the another episode of The B-Mix right here only on BeExposedRadio.com. You already know who Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time are for everyone. The unseen, the unheard, the overlooked, the forgotten, whether it be the forgotten part of you or for the person that does not belong anywhere. Me, be so welcome. In the spirit of welcoming. I am really excited, y'all. Like, I actually, I gave y'all a heads up about him a little while ago, a little while back. I can't remember how far back, but a few months back. Um, and so I'm really excited uh, to introduce Yusef Amin. Um, we're going to get into who he is, what he does. We're going to get into all of that. But in the spirit of welcoming, as I'm welcoming you all back uh, or to the show, I want to welcome him as our special guest tonight. So everybody say hi, Yusef. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, we, we're going to definitely, y'all, I'm telling y'all, y'all in for a treat tonight. Like, we're literally going to pick his brain. Like, I am so excited, literally, to just yield the floor to him tonight. He is, uh, if you ask me, and I know y'all didn't, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, he definitely gets a, like, a spirit of a wealth of knowledge. Like, just... I'm telling y'all, like, I told y'all about him when I had one conversation with him, one. And I was like, y'all, I'm telling you, I'm going to bring somebody on here. He spoke so good into my life. Like, and so I would not dare hold it to myself. I had to share him with y'all as well. So, but before we get into that, and yes, yes, my voice still sounds like this. Um, y'all know I think I sound like a man. I don't know what I sound like to y'all, but we're just going to go with it. And y'all see my shirt. So, you know, it says good men still exist. So. You know, I don't know, maybe it's in the spirit of me sounding like a man. I don't know. Moving on, though, um, before we get deep into um, anything else, y'all know one of my favorite segments of the show is to share, oh, it's our last one for the year, y'all. Um, it's our uh, moment of a history of racial injustice um, brought to you, and I'll share it. I know I shared it last week, uh, but I want to share it, especially because, again, it being the last of the year uh, from my calendar, which... I still have not ordered, but I will. I think I'm really going to do that tonight. I think if somebody yells at me and reminds me to do that before we hang up tonight, that that would be welcomed. Um, but yeah, so I'll share the image. This is the image for December 2021. I will then share, before I actually share the actual moment uh, of um, the for on this date, I will share the... Uh, caption for the photo I just showed you, uh, or the image rather. And so it's from Flint, Michigan, resident Ariana Hawk with her children at a community meeting about the city's lead contaminated water. Um, and so just, just be mindful that uh, Flint, Michigan is still just as many other areas as well, but uh, Flint, Michigan is still just, just fighting. We've heard about them 
quite some time ago now. So just keep that in mind. Um, our moment for today, um, December 30th in 1915, six black men are lynched over two days in early County, Georgia, after they are accused of being involved in the killing of a white overseer. So that's just in 1915. You asked me, it's not that long ago. Long enough, but not that long ago. And so um, we see that the fact that it can still rev something up in us is, is uh, something I look forward to it not having. I never wanted to lose its sting um, when we hear of these different moments, but I'm definitely looking forward to it just being like, what? Like, just so unbelievable. But none of these, none of these, not even that one is um, that far off and, and unbelievable in which I want it to be. I want it to get to that point where we really have to dig deep and be like, wow, this is just crazy because it's totally believable, unfortunately, of how we have uh, been treated. So, and it's just, mind you, a key word was that they were just accused of, says nothing, accused of being involved in rather, not never saying it was proven that they know for sure at least one of the six like so ooh, continue to rest in peace to those six black men that were lynched in 1915 on today there's never a good transition from our moments to um our title or our topic for the for the days they they get heavy some of these i'll read them for the first time on the show and i'll be like i can't move i can't move but I'm going to do myself some some good and do better and just try to move us along. Um, so I will share that we are continuing. I don't know how much longer I'll continue this series, but I knew for sure in the conversation we would have on here last week and especially this week um, for this series and topic um, of being just because I'm your competition doesn't mean you're mine. Um, and it, I definitely worded that way because I knew it would um, it would ruffle some feathers. Um, and that, that was intended. It was because I'd much rather uh, it be thought provoking um, and to provoke a reaction and then get you really to think um, about the fact that if you are your only competition, I don't want us to get stuck on, you know, just what we talk about in the world so much of, you know, oh, such and such thinks I'm their competition, or they think they're better than me, or they think, that's not where I want us to stay about this topic, right? What I really want us to focus on is the fact that I am my only competition. And if I am my only competition, I should want to show up as my best self on both sides, like never the opponent, but as my competition, looking at myself, on the other end, looking at myself in the mirror, I should want to show up as my best self on both sides. So that way my accountability partner is me, you know, so if someone else comes along and, you know, serves in that capacity, whether for a season uh, or for eternity, that's okay. <laughs> but I, they are, you know, like a, a secondary accountability partner. I need to be my primary. So. That's just my little spiel um, and my intro into us coming back into this topic. And so you said, <laughs> um, I'm curious before we even, because I really don't want them to know all about, because I've written down just some things I definitely want to point out about you. But just as far as the topic alone, like what's your, what's your take on the topic? The most wise uh, thing I've ever heard regarding that topic is the greatest battle you ever fight 
is the battle with yourself. I think that, yeah, I think that sums it up. And uh, for me personally, my mantra is when I go to sleep at night, am I a better person than I was when I woke up? That morning? You do that bit by bit. You're taking every blessing of life that you've gotten and you're using it. And uh, one act, one day, we know this. I know that you're a very uh, God conscious person. We know this from the scripture. One act, one day could change your eternity. So that's it. Um, and then I think in, in going back to your uh, reflection earlier, with our people, mm-hmm. from the day we arrived here um, as kidnapped Africans, mm-hmm. we were taught to be competitive with each other. And the competition was designed to destroy us. It was also a myth. We were competing for resources and opportunities that did not actually exist. Mm-hmm. And that uh, when you free a people from slavery, they don't just all of a sudden have their humanity back. It takes you know decades. And uh, that continues to this day. And I think it's worked very well with us um, to use a phrase the old folks used to use, crabs in a barrel. So if we can become competitive with ourselves, um, that not only makes us better for ourselves spiritually, but that makes us better able to access allies within our own community and our own resources. So I'm totally on board with everything you said. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's, that's so good. Um, I told y'all, I told y'all, I was well enough, um, cause I could just, oh, I could pick it, everything you said, but the, the last part of where you said of just, uh, of more so just what it's, what we need. That is exactly what we need. Um, and so here on the BMX is what we always try to get around to is touching on what we actually need within our community. I know that uh, when there are so many demands, when there are so many needs, um, when even when there are so many priorities um, for a people, it, it gets to be a little, you know, overwhelming. It's chaotic. And so I just, because I'm very visual, so I imagine just, you know, us as a people and we're somewhere, I don't know, I don't, can't really pinpoint like where we are, we're just somewhere and things are just like, I mean, there's probably like shouting, doesn't necessarily mean we're fighting with each other, but just shouting is everyone's just in a high, I don't know, high demand, high volume, just everything's just heightened. Um, and so here on the BMX, my whole goal is always to kind of help us to comb through and to calm down, comb through um, and really get to the nitty gritty of like, okay, it, with this laundry list of things that we need, laundry list of things that we want. Um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, it might've been one of the first shows, if not the very first um, of the B-Mix overall, uh, where I said what I really want us to get around to doing is as a people to really like physically make a list, our list of demands, because there should, I don't want it to be, and I'm sure that it's true right now, um, but I want it to get to a place that is not, that uh, they should never, and they, as in our oppressors, right, to ever ask us, you know, what is it? What, what, just to pull any one of us, because we think about when there are news stories and, you know, as folk, you know, as brown folk, we always look like, Lord, why they ask him? Why did they <laughs> interview yeah. her, right? We so, got one tooth. Right. You know, like, oh. They so, go past the guy with the suit. Right. The with the one tooth and the brown paper. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I even want the one tooth cousin to be able to be like, you know what? We want this and this, like, so it's just, my point here is just, I always, I want us to get 
to a place where we are very clear of our list of domains. Like it's okay if we can't think of all of them, you know, off the top of our head, but if they ever pull us up on the side of the road, on the street, wherever we are, like, you know, okay, well, what is it that y'all want? What is it? You know, I want us to be clear about that. And so that's why what you said is just so on point of just the whole mission and purpose of the show in general. Um, and so I just, I knew it would be um, a good fit. What I do want um, you to do, if you don't mind, is to expound for all of the viewers um, of what you do, who you are, your stamp, because I, that's what I declared as, uh, my notes, uh, but your stamp that you have already, an imprint that you've already made, um, as a contribution, you know, for the, the, the ongoing mission um, and movement for us as a people and just who you are, who is you, Seth? Right. Um, I don't know if there's anything I could say that could top your introduction okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or meet your introduction. Oh, but um, yeah, I've, I've been a social worker for about 20 years. Um, I've been a minister most of that time as well um, and a writer. And um, the thing about social work, uh, forgetting the systemic things that are in place that kind of prevents a lot of things from being successful for a long-term solution, um, is that you address people's uh, problems and concerns without addressing the spiritual aspect. And then on the other end, in the spiritual community, uh, we have um, misconceptions about mm -hmm. mental health and how to address mental health. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went out on my own and came up with an approach that combines the two. You know, I mean, I'm not the first to do it, but my That's approach good. is, yeah, my, my approach is unique. And thankfully it just took off. Um, people bill me as a spiritual advisor, I don't, you know, the, the title is not necessary, life coach, mentor. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's basically how I came to kind of have a little bit of a standing in the community. Mm -hmm. uh, people come to me for advice and, um, no, not advice, because advice implies someone speaking at you. Mm -hmm. uh, what, I, what I try to do is I try to help people see themselves mm -hmm. and that's very uncomfortable for most of us mm -hmm. uh, but I take them on a journey where I metaphorically walk them into their mind their childhood their heart their spirituality and they can see what, what's in there and say mm -hmm. okay well this is actually not a good thing to have let me take that out this is a good thing let me push this to the full to the forward and uh, in doing that, um, they're able to live better lives. So mm -hmm. I, I love it. I love doing it. Mm -hmm. I've had some success with it. And that's, uh, that's Yousef in a nutshell. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> that's so good. That gives me fuzzies. Um, I really, really, I really love <laughs> uh, the piece about advice. I, I, I always kind of hone in on certain words, right? There are so many, first of all, we know they're just power in words. Um, there's power in words. And then there are so many words in the world in general, of course, but definitely within our community that are so degrading and, you know, it forces us to belittle ourselves. And so I really appreciate, and some of them are 
so commonly used or misused um, that we we skip over them. Even if we go to have a conversation about like, oh, what word should we kind of leave to the side? Should we not use as much? Or should we not use in this um, particular content? And so I really appreciate that the word advice that you really gave a good piece. Like, I do not want to skip over that, that you said is um, what we talk about here. And I always try to get around to repeating myself about the fact that even for those of us that call ourselves or even find ourselves doing good, it's still something. We may have slipped. We might even be doing something good, not so great or, in a, you know, in a bad way or in a wrong way. And so even with good intentions. And so for those that find yourselves uh, giving advice or being asked for advice that I love that he just kind of <laughs> swipe that away. And it's in it's such a good thing um, to be able to take that off because I don't even want to. And I know there have been, especially throughout these past two years now, there have just been certain words and titles that I've called over myself um, that I no longer want to associate myself with. Um, and so now this being one or even something that I do. So I know I've said like, oh, yeah, people call and ask me for advice you know, often. But I love that, that, that we really don't want to say that. I no longer want to say I give people advice because you are absolutely right. It definitely um, gives the connotation of someone speaking at. And I speak about that a lot. So to be in one area, one arena saying like, you know, no, we shouldn't be speaking at each other, you know, talk or talking at, you know, speak to me, speak with me. Um, and then on the other end to say like, yeah, you know, I give advice. And so I love, um, I really appreciate that. I could not just let that swipe over and just of everything that you do. And so I'm sure in the 20 years of social work, shout out to the social workers that definitely salute each of you because um it's not for everyone I am sure of that uh, I can tell you some stories yeah. listen so I was I was getting there and I was like I know I don't want to you know I'm good at minding my business but I am just sure there's like stuff to say and so I guess generally speaking because of course I know you can't speak like specifically and definitely wouldn't want names but just as far as like what you have come across and I guess maybe even in your own life, like how how that flowed for you to get you to where you are, to be able to say such an amazing thing that you enjoy what you do. Because I want to make sure nobody missed the fact that we have an entrepreneur on the line. Like, I just, I don't want y'all to calm over the fact he said he branched out and did his thing and he's doing his thing. So, um, but just, you know, how that flowed into, you know, your entrepreneurship, just like from your own experience through, you know, social work of just what you've seen and dealt with and worked with and now where you are. Right. Well, one thing that uh, you encounter a lot with social work is people that genuinely don't want to change or to get better. Mm -hmm. And that is not a uh, an attack on anyone mm -hmm. and not a generalization, you know, mm -hmm. talking about a very specific group of people. Gotcha. Uh, but what would happen is when I would encounter them, uh, my God given ability to show them inside of themselves, like I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. would upset them to no end. Mm -hmm. You know, how can you see through me like you know, and I begin to realize that it wasn't just happening on a scientific level, but on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And that persons that do want to see that would greatly benefit from that and embrace that. And uh, so, like I said, I started introducing that into my ministry, um, you know, with the, the private consultations. And by word of mouth, I was blessed that 
uh, people would refer me to people and, yeah. you know, it just took off from there. Yeah. That's amazing. And that has to speak to the fact that there's some good, a lot of good coming out of this. People don't just refer people for no reason, right? Like, so that I'm actually very glad that you mentioned that because, oh, as we know, like word of mouth, you don't, you, on one end, you don't want to depend on it, but you almost can, like, in a good or bad, like, you know, somebody's going to go and tell somebody else about it, whether it was good or bad. Well, um, I have to so thank everybody that did that for me. It, it, it really changed the course and good. put me in a position to um, do some real economic reform in my personal life and in my family, yeah. my community. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's amazing. I get it. I get excited. Like I'm a natural born cheerleader. So I'm really happy about when people are like, it's working for me. Like, yes, well, good. Let it, let it work. I love that. Um, and so uh, I would not, not even dare allow you to come on here and not ask you to speak about just your different projects. I see one in the background. I'm not all in the background, but I definitely want you to um, please share um, with, with the world, with the public, um, of just what you have done. I won't, I won't really ask you to say anything that you work on now, but you know, if you want to drop some exclusives right now, that's okay too, but please tell us, I won't even name them because I have them listed, but you please tell us about what you've done. Uh, well, you might have to remind me of some of that. Um, okay. Okay. You go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say, so right now, so on my list that I'm looking at right here, um, is three of them. So I have uh, Police Pandemics and Protest, uh, Quantum Poetry, Teardrop Cafe. Okay, yeah. So those are, are three books that I've published recently. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the first three to be published by major distributors. Nice. And they are, I intentionally tried to bend the genre of writing so that they do not fit into any particular genre. But I'll say they're a collection of short stories, um, very much influenced by life in Baltimore, um, life in Baltimore in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something in them for everybody, I think. Uh, if you're into romance and adventure, that's what you'll get out of it. If you're into metaphysics, that's what you'll get out of it. And um, I'm working on a new project, which I hope to be out in March. Yeah, it's called Ebony Novella. Okay. And it is dedicated to sisters like yourself. That's good. That's and it's the best month of the year. So just saying, it's it's perfect. And truthfully, well, it's the best month of the year for a couple reasons. But um, uh, because my birthday actually falls on International Women's Day, so just saying, if it's for us, then it it just works out. That's amazing. But no pressure. But that's good. I'd love to hear that. Is that is that more poetry or a short story? What is that? What so I know you said you like to bend the genre, but just curious. It's it's both. It's okay. Both. Yeah. I mean, like at the same time, you know. Right. No, good. In, in the middle of the short story, a uh, person may have a soliloquy, and a soliloquy would be a sonnet. So I mean it really bends genres. Love it. And uh it it's done in a way that you don't even realize that the genre has been bent until you go back and read it a second time. You took, um, took the words right out of my mouth. I was waiting to say that. I'm really excited about this one, though, because this one uh, is dedicated specifically to sisters. Um, I wanted to do that for a long time, but there are so many people that 
do that for marketing or do mm-hmm. that for, for praise. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make it more of a spiritual thing. So, you know, I mean, it's still very sexy, a lot of adventure, but mm-hmm. it ultimately gets into um, how the African-American woman, and I'm using that term for convenience, is the newest mother on the planet. Mm. Uh, You know, we are a new race. Mm. We're not Africans of the motherland. We're not Americans of the so-called founding fathers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not uh, anything against white folks or Africans or anything like that. Mm. But we have a unique experience that no one in history has ever experienced. Mm. And experience that shaped us. Our music is different. Mm. Our swag is different. Everything about us is different. And back to your point about uh, competition and how we don't perceive ourselves as valuable and why many of us couldn't answer the question intelligently, what do we as a people want? Mm -hmm. You know, instead the answer would be, this is what I want, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of building things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, we've seen, especially since 2016, uh, wars on many fronts, but there's mm-hmm. been a specific war not to recognize the value of the African-American woman, who yeah. very scientifically verifiably is the most influential woman on the planet. Yeah. There are countries right now that are in the middle of revolutions. Mm-hmm. And the 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 books, the things that they're studying for their revolution is actually African-American culture. Wow. And we don't even know that. Wow. You know, every marketing campaign, every fashion campaign, the first thing they do is they go and they recruit some African-American women, mm-hmm. pay them maybe 20 bucks. <laughs> but they use their tastes and interests to design everything, every commercial. Everything. So. Mm. All of the things that have been happening in society the last five years-ish has distracted us from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of the backlash we're seeing with the resurgence of open racism and everything is because America is realizing that it's brown, that its future is brown. Yeah. And um, so the book, you know, if the person gets out of it, oh, this is a beautiful love story, that's fine. Uh, But if they get out of it, a people who were in bondage, now being the most influential people in the the world, Mm -hmm. and only God can bring that about, if Mm -hmm. they get that out of it, Mm -hmm. then I think uh, I did okay. That's good. Okay. No, don't you dare belittle yourself. I get it. No, that's, that's good. Do you think that um, and this is because I've had like recent conversation, even as of today. Do you think that if that if that's the intended takeaway, right? Would it help? Let's even say, because I don't want to say men, I want to say our black men, right? So African American men. Um, again, using that term for convenience, I love that you put it that way. Um, would that help them to appreciate or to see, you know, to give a different or maybe a refresh a perspective? Um, on on African American women, I hope so. I hope so. The, the the challenge in writing is that part of you wants to write for yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's one level. Mm-hmm. Uh, another part of you wants to write to, in order to make a living. Mm-hmm. And uh, to my earlier point, when you do that, they tell you write for women, 
<laughs> they'll write for men, write for women. Mm -hmm. And if the men will read it, they'll read it because they saw women reading, mm -hmm. you know. So that's that's the marketing side of it. Mm -hmm. um, so what I tried to do was do something that a lot of writers who are aspiring to reach a larger audience won't do. Uh, I wrote from the perspective of men. Mm -hmm. So you don't often see a romance novel or, or a short story written from the perspective of the man. Right. But I did that to allow men to see themselves in it. Okay. Because uh, one of the tools they've used against our people is they taught us that men feeling sensitivity is a weakness mm -hmm. when actually it's a strength. And it's the same strength that will be required to make us better partners for the Black woman. Come on now. You know, I'll, I'll sum it up. Uh, one of the main uh, symbolic points in the book is that our women don't feel safe with us. Mm. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, if my child gets pulled over by the police mm -hmm. and falsely arrested, I have to hope and pray that the judge is a good guy. Mm -hmm. whereas people in other communities are like, oh, judge so-and-so, I'll go off with him. I'll call right. him up. We don't have institutions like that. Right. We don't have an ethos. We don't have a, mm -hmm. a never again or, a, you know, whatever. We don't have that specifically. We have that individually. We have that mm -hmm. in small pockets. Right. But we don't have a, a universal thing where we're not, I'm with this group, I'm with that group, that, that uh, unifying, codified ethos something that is a flag uniquely for us. Yeah. Um, and we've also forgotten that the strength of a male and the strength of a female are based on each other. Yeah. That's just been totally taken away from us. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the book is a little hard, not overtly, but it's a little hard on men and on women. Okay. Because, because I'm bringing the point up, we are at war. And I don't mean a violent or bloody thing. I mean, we're at war for our humanity. Mm -hmm. We're at war for our humanity. Mm -hmm. um, if you go to a young Black man and you say, go to college, start a business, be a better person. And he says, okay, what's my motivation? The only motivation he can think of is some video vixen that he wants to have sex with. Mm -hmm. You don't change your people because you're trying to get a couple of dollars to, you know, mm -hmm. be with a woman. And you go to a woman from a certain economic oppression and you say, you know, get out of this neighborhood, get some opportunities, do this. Okay, my easiest avenue is to date someone in criminal enterprise. Mm -hmm. That woman has been robbed of her motivation to be a mother. And ultimately, the bridge that we're going to build is in the quality of children we Yes. You know, and in order to do that, you have to actually be a team. So yeah. there, there are some, uh, while I tried to make the book entertaining, there are some things that I think will make people reflect on what we need to do to build up our community. And the first thing we need to do is build up our family. That's and good. your first family is yourself. That's it. Come on. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, I can't stop. Y'all know I can't snap, so y'all gonna get me my little dry snaps. But that's that's so good. I'm over here like contain yourself, hold your mule, me hold your mule. Um, so yes. <laughs> what else am I supposed to say to that? Uh, 
okay, so let's start from most recent to, to backwards. So for you to say, and I, I just have to reiterate this because it's so important. It is vital for us to get this. Um, and even spiritually, as we always, um, of course, just incorporate just who we are, of course, just incorporate that um, into each show. And so spiritually for believers, definitely we um, hear that, you know, our first ministry is family. And so, yes, <laughs> let me reiterate, y'all have heard it from you. So you've heard it, you've heard it in different avenues and places, and you just have to connect the dots for yourself. Um, that just, that takes a certain level of maturity. It takes a certain level of healing. You know, we talk about healing a lot. Um, there will never, ever, ever be a show of the B-Mix where I don't say these words of self-reflection. Uh, you'll never not hear me say that. Um, reflection is important. And so um, in your reflective time to where I, my prayer for each of us is then to, of course, there's self-reflection. And then I look forward to just like there, we talk about therapy. So it's individualized therapy. Um, and then there's like family or, do, you know, you know uh, couples therapy or marriage care, uh, counseling and things of like that. But there's also family therapy and family counseling. Um, and so uh, I'll say this now by this being our last show for 2021, um, that I hope that in the new year and beyond that each of you and each of us uh, report back here to mention that we've seen an influx or have experienced an influx of uh, I don't know, meditating as a family, like just some things that we are doing for self, but now within our first ministry, our you know first community, like that is major. Our if the black family, if the black family, just if we get if we get that right, like that's why I said that. Um, earlier when we we're talking about like our list of demands and just uh, because obviously uh, from demands comes, you know, okay, plans of action. And so we think to just jump at it. Let's fix this and fix that when we haven't been clear about our list of demands. And so our uh, plans of action, our action items, our, you know, prioritize, you know, action that just none of it is, is in order. And so we think that we have to jump big. Um, and so while there are big things and major things that are the smaller steps to get us to the, the the larger things. And so that being said, that I think we easily skip over family uh, being uh, one, the foundation of the community. Uh, and so they, they did one heck of a job. I'll give credit where it's due. It's not credit I want to have to give, but they did one heck of a job. Um, unfortunately, uh, generally speaking, of breaking of the Black family. Um, and so if we get... That right, that just that right, and I am. I never want to leave anybody out, so I don't want you because I fall in this category. I'm a single mother, and so I understand that as a single parent. So I know there are single fathers and single mothers um, out here that there is no, uh, you know, ding on you to say that. Um, to, to say that this leaves you out, that, that you actually fall very much so in this category of working to, I guess we can say reestablish or to rebuild the foundation of the Black family. Um, and so my dream, I know I always talk about my utopia, and so I dream of the day where it is so normal, so common, um, that even with it's not that I want to normalize single parenthood or having to co-parent, but because we know that this is a thing, um, that it needs to be a, a better thing. Um, it's not, it has not been working. And I definitely applaud anyone that is out here um, in a healthy way 
uh, co-parenting and, and just figuring that out because as we know there's no technical manual uh, beside your you know respective uh, spiritual uh, governing documents right <laughs> um, but you know it it's just so important for us to get that together. And like I said, even for the single parents um, to, that my utopia includes, you know, just healthy co-parenting that it's, it's effortless. Just, I mean, why would it not be the fact that the other parent, no matter whatever that breakup was, whatever brought you to this place, that the other parent is your second line of defense for anything, good or bad, you know, if, right? Because any adversity the other parent faces, your offspring then faces. Absolutely. So it's it's an investment to maintain Absolutely. that relationship. It could take the form of a brother and sister, whatever, but it's an investment. Um, and each child that has that dual support will be a different human being mm-hmm. and will raise a different human being. And that will bring about the utopia that you're describing. And you you mentioned about brothers and what we can do different. Uh, One of the things we have to do is we have to get back our women's respect. And there's a lot to unpack there. But think about it. Um, During slavery, contrary to what they teach us in school, uh, they did not capture the Africans that were too foolish to run. Mm. They actually targeted scholars. Uh, people in the faith community, people of note, because that was a bigger sale when they want to sell that person. Mm. And um, so think about it. The woman at that point is someone of high regard in their society, right? Mm -hmm. And a week later, she's on a boat being raped in front of an entire village of her men as they're chained and shackled. Mm -hmm. 90 days later, she's on the plantation. The same thing is happening. Now, the man, now remember, this big old warrior scholar mm-hmm. who could easily defeat his oppressor, but he can't because the game has been rigged against him, right? Mm-hmm. If he acts out against her abuse, mm-hmm. he's killed. Yeah. If he doesn't act out against her abuse, he's killed in his heart. Yeah. And so is she. Mm-hmm. And that went on for 400 years. Yeah. People don't recover from that just because you say, oh, you're free, move up north. But people don't, so we have to... We have a lot to do. We do have to earn our women's respect back. And one of the first things we can do is there should be no such thing as a single mother. She may not have a romantic partner, Mm -hmm. but every male in the community should take a role in protecting her children. Once you really genuinely, truly display protection for children, the women will be able to be their best. They will be able to be their best. And that will reflect on the quality of the children. And again, it it's a it it produced it feeds itself. Yes. We won't even need a list of demands. I mean to be organized no, is important. Really. But you won't need a list of demands when you know what you're fighting for. Yeah. And yes. we're fighting for the humanity and the sanity of our people. I'll give you an example of that. There are some statistics that say we have more people with college educations than any other race in America, mm-hmm. including European Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly have some of the most influential people. Uh, we have people in the media that are so influential. One particular media personality almost won the presidency mm-hmm. from write-in votes. You know, so any people, and this and this particular personality, she's the ultimate representation of mother. 
in every movie she's been in, in every every uh, uh, suburban white housewife that you interview, they want this woman to be her mother. Mm. Um, so how can a people who have that kind of uh, influence, you know, we have wealthy entertainers, wealthy athletes, we have great scholars. I mean, you know, scholars that have took on the entire academia and won, um, but yet, we still have these problems we have where we're over-policed and, you know, all of the other problems. It's because we don't have that unifying value. Mm-hmm. And one of the first places I think to start with that is family, you know, to your point, to our point, uh, family. You know, once you start seeing someone as your family, competition, huh, no, their success is your success. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know? So, um yeah, that, that's that's uh, something that is addressed in the book. And I think that uh, since I am a Black man, I can speak to what we can do better. Mm-hmm. And the first thing we need to do is make our woman feel secure and safe. It's really hard to, to raise a child if you're unsafe. So there should be no single mothers. If you're a man in the community, even if you have a wife and children, you're white, you should go to your wife and say, look, honey, you can come with me because I ain't ever going to disrespect me, mm-hmm. disrespect you. But, uh, you know, sister so-and-so down the street needs her house fixed. Mm-hmm. It's lead in that house. You know, I'm going to go down there, get a couple brothers, and we're going to try to fix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. The community would change overnight. That's what's missing for us. That's what's missing for us. Thank you for that deposit. Or here we say depositives. Uh, that is That is so rich it's it's like it's so full like I'm full just of hearing it and just knowing that what you just said is so full of so much good and so much of the good that we need um that again that that literally fuels the utopia that I just often dream of uh just because it it really is that and so automatically I would want us to get to a place where we hear that of what you said and we see how that builds community. We see how that builds everything else that comes from that from, I I really want to point out the fact that you said seeing someone as your family. I think that is so key um, because we should not. um, And I know, I know y'all, I know we have talked about uh, attempting to erase should uh, from our vocabulary and our vernacular, but it has its place at times. Um, and so just that we we should be able, like I said, to hear um, and automatically connect uh, that, you know, that builds the community and understanding that it comes from the foundation of family and knowing that we, a lot of us, I'm not going to say all of us, because I understand that there are some, which I love to hear about, love to hear about just Black families that have a good background or upbringing. I love to hear it. Um, as we all know, everybody has their issues, sure. Um, but then there are those of us, uh, and I probably want to say a majority um, of our community that that has experienced, I'm not even going to say talks about, because we have to get us to talking about it, uh, but that has experienced you know, some type of traumatic upbringing, family background, family dynamic. Um, and so I know that there's that, it's all my trust, <laughs> there's that mistrust of when we utilize the term family. And so I think it is very important, um, just as for those that have had that experience of any type, whatever it is, if you have a strange relationship with that mom, dad, whomever, um, 
that there's the mistrust, like I said, of anyone that you would even refer to as family, but to turn that around, because I love the positive, you know, the anecdotes, um, to, like you said, seeing someone as your family. Um, because we know, again, for those that have experienced, you know, some type of traumatic upbringing, um, that it feels good for someone else to accept us and to receive us as their family. That feels good, right? It's filling a void. Um, even if you're in a place within your healing journey that you haven't even acknowledged that void yet, but it's there. Um, and so it's just so good. Uh, th- those are like really good to hear. And I love it because there's simple words. It's a simple phrase, but very impactful, very powerful of seeing someone as your family. Like you said, because that makes you that it was so many different accountability pieces just in that scenario that you gave, like you said, of the husband that, you know, one thinks to check in, you know, with wife and doesn't see it as like, oh, I got to tell you what I'm doing. Like, just, you know, hey, I would never respect you. So, hey, just want to let you know what's going on. I, I, I as a man, uh, identify that there's an issue. So somehow either I've heard this woman has an issue or she has confided in someone in the community. So even that piece there. Um, and then, you know, I'm not only have I heard that there's an issue, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to grab, you know, others because there may have been someone else that heard of it and thought about helping to fix it, but didn't, you know, want to. And here we are. And I mean, just that, that was good. all from seeing someone as your family. That's good. And, and a, a little a little hint for the brothers. Um, when this is done and the sister sees it not as an ulterior motive mm-hmm. to get with her physically, you really start to build community. Absolutely. I mean, that allows there to be trust. And that's that allows family not to be a word that's just thrown around. Um, and one of the things that I point out to people to kind of introduce them to that, because you mentioned we all have some elements of our family history that maybe wasn't ideal. Be the son or the daughter that you feel your parents deserve. Even if they have been taken out of their best humanity, if they were in their best humanity, what kind of offspring would they deserve? Be, be that kind of sibling. But most importantly, be, be that type of parent be the parent that you wish you would have had. Even if your parents were great, you only improving on it. And that is a, uh, a, uh, a thank you to them if you're approving on it. And the thing that brings about the utopia is when you're the parent that you wish you had had and the spouse that you wish you had had. Yes. And that all sounds pretty and good. But like you said, there are be keeping it real situations where people don't come from those kind of functional mm-hmm. societies. Mm-hmm. Then what you do, and in this case, I'm talking to the males, uh, you look around and you say, what kind of husband should mommy have had? Because that's the kind of husband I'm going to be. Uh, what is a real man? Okay, a real man knows how to do this, knows how to do that. My dad might be a good dad, he, but he don't know how to do that. But I can go and find a place to learn that. That's real family. That's real community. You know, we used to go to the barbershop and there'd be somebody there that could, oh, you want to know how to fix cars? Come on, come on back. You know, you go and you find those things and you make yourself those things and just do a little bit of it every day. And you'll be surprised how the community within changes and that affects the community without. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they've got us so um, psychologically bound mm-hmm. that 
I'll, I'll give you an example. When I do business in our community, I refer to the person as family, even if I'm just meeting them. Wow. And if they don't know me or haven't heard, worked with me before, they think it's a con. Now, those that know me, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I trust that guy. I've heard of him. But other people don't. I, I give you another example. Walking through certain neighborhoods, if I smile at a brother, mm. you know, he, he thinks it's, it's a robbery or, you know, some kind of other thing. Um, but that is the most civilized thing a person can do. That's the, that's the easiest contribution you can make to your community. Smile when you walk past someone on the street. I'm telling you, you were destined to have to come on here and I'll tell you why because it and I don't even know what made me go into my spiel of like just where the show came from because I know I've shared it like quite a few times um on the show but I guess why not why not remind us of why but I will definitely speak on the fact of what you just said um that literally of where this even came from where where God birthed this you know within me um, is because my thing, you know, we always have our thing. One of my things had been, um, and don't forget, I'm really going to come back to you mentioning, because I want you to talk about um, your experience of being from Baltimore, y'all. Sorry, I spoke the beans. I was going to have him say it, but he kind of mentioned it earlier. Um, <laughs> but of, of, of the culture here, um, and some of the, one of the downsides of the culture is just that it is so, and I know it's not just here, before anybody was about to chew me out, uh, but I really, I'm trying to use any other word, but I can't use any other. I hate the fact that it is so common, so normal, just to walk past another human being. Like it is, and I've, I've, again, I will state myself of my stuff. And so to say that I've done it, you know, still do it here and there, but for the most part, I, at, least, at the very least, I'm very conscious of it. Um, and I will tell myself like, oh, well, what am I thinking? Why, where was I? And thought that I just walked past somebody and didn't. Because even if, because I know some people, I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but I respect that everybody's just in their own place. People struggle with the idea of just just making someone's day a little better, a little brighter. So if we have to back up from that um, and meet us all where we are, that just acknowledging, just the way I said it, acknowledging that it is another living human being that you just encountered. Walking by them is an encounter that, that it could have been anyone else that walked by you, right? And so it was predestined and ordered that you walk by this person. It's okay to acknowledge their presence, their existence. That is maybe even a spiritual obligation. It's more than okay. Come on now. Like, can you, can you imagine if you turn down a blessing like that and then you wonder why you go home and things are dysfunctional? Listen, because yeah. it's connected. I, I hope y'all caught that one. That's is good. Yes. I, I tell you one of my favorite ways to start is to go ahead and speak to the person and say, how are you? And wait for an answer. Because some people will say, oh, okay. He spoke. Hey, I'm fine. You know, I say, how you doing? They say, how you doing? Uh-huh. You didn't answer my question. How are you doing? And you'll be surprised. I've actually had cases. I'm talking about in Baltimore, in the, the hood hood where the person stopped and started talking. And I was like, okay, well, you know, peace and blessings, but I do have to be somewhere. Like, you know, and it just goes to show you how much we feel isolated. You know, 7 billion people on the planet. And there's more than one survey that's been done that says 99% of all people feel alone. Yeah. Numbers person, so that. Right, right. 
And that that's a tragedy. That's yeah, a tragedy. That's a human tragedy. Because yeah. in one way or the other, we're all going through the same thing. We all want the same thing. We want our children to have opportunities. We want our home to be stable. You know, we all want the same things. We have more in common than we have apart. And uh, what the slavery experience did to Baltimore, whew, I mean, that's that's actually a project I'm working on. Um, that's some years off. That's some years okay. off. That's but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something that will give you some insight into that. When a slave couldn't be broken, they sent him to Baltimore to get a job. Now, think about that. They would cut off slaves' testicles to get them to be compliant. They would cut off their their feet to get them to be compliant. They would whip them with whips that had metal tacks in it. Mm -hmm. And you do all of that, and you still don't break the man. Mm -hmm. They sent him to Baltimore and gave him a job. One of the conditions was that the jobs had to, they had, the employer had to send some money back to the plantation. Uh, So they got something out of it. Also, these Baltimore men that were sent here, most of them were sent to work at the Inner Harbor uh, on the docks. Um, They were allowed to marry white women because what it was is that uh, that area was surrounded, and I'm not trying to call anyone out, but by Irish women Mm -hmm. who immigrated after their men and their men had already married which by the way, most of them married black women. Mm-hmm. When the Irish first came here, they were only allowed to marry, yeah, they were only allowed to marry black women. Mm-hmm. So these, these uh, white women who came after their husbands had no place to live, no place to stay. So that was permitted. And when these uh, slaves finally got out, of the former slaves got out of the indentured servitude of working on the dock, they had a little house, a little white woman, and very little uh, supervision. So they traveled and they you know, expressed their manhood. And uh, once you get into the reconstruction period and everything, you get all of these political economic movements hurled down onto black Baltimoreans in order to keep them from setting a bad example for um, stolen Africans and other parts of the United States. So Baltimore has a very, very unique beginning. And there's a reason why we have a certain bravado about us. And I'm proud of that, but we have to understand the psychology of it as well. You know, we can't let them put shows on about us that depict us as animals and think it's cool and, and want to emulate that. That's Thank not you. our story. That's not our story. Thank you for saying you know? that. So, um, and, that, and that's another thing. All, all three of the books that are on Amazon address that. I'll always speak up for Baltimore for that. That's, you know, I don't think I have any book that doesn't mention Baltimore, but there, there is that element. But there's, I mean, well, look, you know, Connie Chung, Oprah, uh, Ricky Lake, um, Whoopi Goldberg was here for a while. Um, look at all of these people that came out of Baltimore and became astounding successes. There is a unique, you know, uh, Billie Holiday, um, yeah. Nina Simone. I mean, those, those two women right there alone, <laughs> you know, yes. Nina Simone. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you know, right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Frederick Douglass lived yes. near here. I mean, you know, just uh, Harriet Tubman. I mean, that's what we should be talking about. You know, yes. we shouldn't just be talking about some of those other television, some of those television shows okay. that depict us a certain way. And as a result of that, we live it. Yeah. It's, it's a, again, it's a psychological, uh, why are people being told not to, that psychology is white people stuff? Because that's the weapon that's been used against us. 
think about it. If you represent 10% of the world's population and you take over the entire planet right. in less than a century, mm-hmm. that wasn't your weapons. Mm-hmm. That wasn't because you could fight. Right. That was because you stole mine. You know? So that's what we're fighting for. Sorry, you hear that? My cat is trying to act up again today. <laughs> yeah. Viewers are used to him having his night. Sorry about that. Uh, but that, oof. Um, mm. I just, I got to start off by snapping again. Uh, it is so crucial, like you said, for us to talk about the very things that just are not, I, I, I try not to say are not talked about, but are not talked about enough and not talked about enough by, I think, the right people. Maybe that's really what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, that if in this utopia, because <laughs> I, I live there, um, that to imagine Baltimoreans talking about the good in Baltimore, like the good that we see that came from Baltimore, meaning that there must be some good here to be able to internalize that. It's like you said, to reverse the psychology, like just, yeah. and like you said, that, the, to, that, that was the weapon that was used against us to now to grab hold of that weapon. And so then not necessarily to use it against them, but to use it to better ourselves. So getting into the touching on, you know, the, the direct topic of about like bettering ourselves um, of, you know, even as with the topic of not just individualized, but as a community that it's no other, whether another community sees us as our, uh, sees us as their competition, um, that they are not ours. Right. Um, and that we are our own competition and not meaning that from my brother to my sister, vice versa, that I am fighting against, but rather fighting with against whatever the oppressor and the enemy is, is the whole point, um, is, is the overall goal uh, for us to get and to see. Because just, I mean, the things and people that you have listed already, and that's just Baltimore, like, <laughs> you know, like we are all over the world and we're talking about little old Baltimore that everybody wants to write off. And here it is, like, just so much good in it. We have, uh, okay, so we have some Breaking news that I'm going to share, but I want to go back that there was a comment. Forgive me if I'm butchering your name. I'm sorry. Denatia uh, says, great show. Keep doing your thing, family. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and Denasha, um, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, that was my first bet. But okay, thank you. Um, I love to be corrected about somebody's, uh, the pronunciation of someone's name. And then our news, before we get back into our topic, before we get out of here, uh, our news is the debate is real. Yeah, the debate is real for virtual versus in-person learning as Baltimore County announces that they will return to in-person on January 3rd as COVID cases are on the rise. Not going to say I'm surprised. Um, and I definitely wouldn't be surprised that Baltimore City uh, follows suit because Baltimore County, I, they usually always wait for Baltimore County to say what they're going to do anyway, and then they announce what they're doing, which is usually the same thing. So uh, um, just while we're on that piece of news, uh, I will... I know I'm going to reiterate this later, but everyone just be as safe as humanly possible out there. Uh, I love I love us for real. I love how we can joke about something and call them this new strand, Omarion. Uh, but Omicron, listen, Mr. Man is out here just, oh Lord, he is running. Okay, there are way too many people that I have seen or heard, rather, 
uh, or seen like as in post um, that they, you know, have, have tested positive and all that. It's just, it's heavy out here. So, um, and definitely just prayers uh, over the babies. Oh, at school, this is a rough time. This is a rough time and not to shift our whole mode there, but this really kind of falls right along with what we're talking about. Anyway, when we have these, you know, phenomena or pandemics, um, is there, this is not the first one, but the first for most of us, if not all of us, um, you know, that are existing through this one. Um, and the positive part there, though, I will say, if anyone is struggling um, I know some people are just in different levels of struggling with the current pandemic, um, that you are still making it. You are here to see it. You're even here. This is how crazy positive I have to force myself to be at times. So you are even here to be able to complain about it. That's a blessing within itself, just saying. And, and then when you think about the blessing in that, it makes you want to talk about reverse right? reverse psychology, um, is that it makes you not want to waste the time that you have that you've been blessed with to then continue to complain about it rather than to make the very best of it. And so that is what I bid to each of you and to each of us uh, to make the very best of it. Even if there does not come about another shutdown um, per se, that, you know, take the precaution, the necessary precaution, even consider what it is that you should have gotten from the uh, shutdown beforehand of just, you know, more family, family activity, just things, building that's where I was going, uh, you know, building or reestablishing that familial and family, um, you know, unit and then that foundation of our community. It is important and it is in everything that you do or don't do and say and don't say that is um, directly impacting and, and that is your contribution to the community and to the movement. Um, because this thing is moving, whether you like it or not, it is a movement and it has to stay in motion um, and so that's my little spill uh, there, just with the uh, breaking news that we just got. Um, yeah, this is this is a tough time with schools. I, I really was not even prepared. I'm glad um, I shout out to our producer um, that gave me that piece of news. The cat is really like Giuseppe now. Um, I'll just grab him at some point. Boring. But um I said I was going to stay away from it only because I was not very sure. I'm not even sure of my thoughts on it. Um, I just, I think like most things that it, it's, we we have so many different, when we talk about, you talked about institutions earlier. And so there are so many institutions in place that are just that. They're just in place and not necessarily well thought out, uh, well carved out. Um, I love that there's this movement of inclusion, but it is the most exclusive, inclusive uh, movement ever known to man. It just the, the inclusion excludes so many people. It's ridiculous. Um, and it, it makes us forget that um, it's designed to make us forget that we're oppressed. Mm. Oh, we're not oppressed anymore. We had a black president. We had a mm. black person starring this movie. But meanwhile, if you look at the numbers, things are moving backwards. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this inclusion thing, we have to be a little suspicious of. And I hate to say that because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's how reaction to everything. But it's come it's come to be that for good reason, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a couple of good movies that have come out recently um, that depict Black people kicking butt in in slavery time or near that time. The movies are good, 
but we cannot forget what actually happened because it will, the more we understand that, the more we'll understand the problems we have in our community today. So we gotta be really careful of this trend of showing cool black people during the 1600s. We gotta be really careful of this, yeah. That's very good. I'm glad to, for you to say that, that it's important for us to keep that in mind and that sometimes the suspicion serves a good purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, because it's, it's not off not, we didn't just decide to say, you know, I'm just going to be suspicious yeah. about everything. I'm yeah. going to just choose not to trust. Every, every since that first free boat ride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anything else you give me. I'm a, yeah. Yeah. That cruise you gave me ain't working. <laughs> Cruise you did not buy a ticket for, right? Exactly. Right, right. So yeah, that's um, it's it's just important. And if, as you were saying that, it made me think about conversations that I have myself been in, and probably I've even I'm sure I've been on both sides of this conversation. Just just asking, like you know, why why do we have why do they keep coming out with like why can't? But then it, it takes us back to the point that you made, and we need to be reminded reminders do that. They they remind us, they bring us right back to where we are. Like I said, I live in my little utopia. Um, but that's because I'm I'm pretty grounded. Uh, uh I feel like more than I ever want to be, but pretty grounded in the reality um of our world within our community. And then um like I said, I just escape to this utopia at times because I believe that we can get there. We can do it. Um, it's definitely gonna take a lot of work. Uh, we clearly did not have the upper hand um, or an advantage um, initially, but we, we just have to work that much harder to reverse it. Um, and I really, I will not get that, will live uh, rent-free in my head about uh, that psychology being the weapon that was used against. I just love the way that was put. That was very eloquent, um, that that was the weapon used against us. And I just, I don't know what movie I'm, my brain is trying to think of of like somebody fighting and they like grab the weapon you know and automatically you know kind of turn it and use it against the person so but that is every movie (laughs) every movie I'm just not good at naming a movie so thank you but but you know what you you know the thing about utopias yeah the ones that have been attempted in history they fell when people stopped remembering what existed before the utopia Mm -hmm. Mm. So there is a balance. These are painful memories, but we we don't want to forget. And young people, you know, all of this debate about how much of slavery to teach in school and what to call it. And um, the worst thing that could happen is if our children don't know that history. And it's it's tough to talk about. It's horrible for a Black man to sit down and tell his son, this is how you behave if you get pulled over by the police. Uh, However, the consequence of not doing that is, is far more dangerous. So um, this inclusivity is a symbolic, superficial achievement. Mm-hmm. There is some benefit in it because some young people right now are looking at movies full of beautiful Black people in it, and that is what we are. Um, but to your point about having an agenda, about having a plan, we can't look at these symbolic gestures and think that they're substantive, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you put a few blacks in lead roles. Um, you're gonna put a few blacks in charge of the studio. You know, you're gonna put a f- few blacks in charge of distribution. You know, mm-hmm. once we're where the people who are signing the celebrities checks are, yes. then then maybe you know yes. we can celebrate. But um, yeah, we have to take it in in moderation. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it even makes me think about, you know, I feel like there's never a conversation these days that cancel culture isn't uh, considered or mentioned. And so that even makes me think about that because mm-hmm. Lord knows we just have a ways to get there. I am that person. I find it relatively easily easy. And I know it's because I, back in the day, I would admit, you know, I was a person who was into name brands and thought, ugh. Lord, if I only knew. Um, but and so I, I know I'm speaking from a place where I'm no longer that person, but still um, I find it easily to be like, oh, you know, this this particular brand, you know, reared his head and, and showed that they are racist. And the sickening part is that the most recent conversation I had, it was a mention of like, well, you know, all of them are racist. Well, okay, that that then should mean that we don't support any of them, not, oh, yeah, just wear whatever and go ahead and spend your money wherever uh, because all of them races. That's just not how that's supposed to go. Um, and so I, it just makes me think of, like I said, cancel culture as well. Just again, just in moderation of how we consider, you know, I don't even want to say who we attack, but just who we go after or who we cancel and just use the word who we cancel um and how we do it once more so not even necessarily who but just once they are canceled that's really what i mean once they are canceled what do we do there as i see that um he's mentioned something about us going backwards um and that is definitely an area where we constantly constantly go backwards um and it's frustrating for me i don't even know why but i just i find myself being frustrated. i mean well think about it like the the montgomery bus boycott Mm-hmm. was cancel culture mm-hmm. it changed laws yes what some of these celebrities are doing on twitter is not changing laws you know we, we've we've made it a little superficial yeah. and um mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. no i mean cancel culture okay. can be powerful yes, can be powerful yeah. and if we use it wisely um instead of for entertainment mm-hmm. uh yeah, we could make a difference yeah, because yeah. ultimately every company, you know, name brand and everything, they're really banking on African-Americans to buy their product. Yeah. yeah. Instant power, instant global power, mm-hmm. instant global power. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, there's a lack of leadership and we have to be careful about getting our leadership from celebrities on Twitter. Yes. Somebody <laughs> else said it. Yes. I just, yes. Yeah. I don't even... I don't know. I try not to, I don't know. I, I can't say that I try not to speak on it because I know I've, I find myself fussing about it here and there. Um, but one, I know mine is probably just dismissed just because I come off sound like an old lady because I don't even like Twitter. Um, I think I tried to be on it once and it just, I don't know. I get confused. I don't even understand. <laughs> I won't go into it, but I really get confused. Like, I don't know what you're following, who posted this first, who responded to it. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I've been there. I've been there. I'm there still. So <laughs> like, still. I never get it. Like when you might see like a repost on Facebook or Instagram, you're like, what? Well, who repo- Oh God, I don't know what's happening here. I just think this is funny. And so we're going to move on. Um, but yeah, but you're right. You're right. And it's about, mm, so, oh, thank you, Lord. That just came to me. So about when we, the just, I really, really, really hope that each person goes back to watch this uh, from the beginning and just in its entirety. Because as I'm thinking about it, there's been, as there is, and, and rightfully so, it, there has definitely been a good flow, right, of just of topics and then just how they planted on the timeline just in this short amount of time mm-hmm. that we've been together. 
um, and just hearing you just share, uh, again, this wealth of knowledge, you won't get me to call it anything else. Um, because as we were talking about family and like foundation and now to talk about leadership and so, you know, leadership clearly, you know, at the top. And so to build, you know, from the ground up why it's important because we, excuse me, it's probably why we are unfortunately in no place to say that we, let's just say consistently, uh, choose, you know, good leadership, you know, and representation for our community, simply because our foundation is, I don't, I'm not going to say non-existent, but our foundation is not firm. Um, and so I, I really love that you said that, you know, we, we have to be mindful <laughs> of where and how we choose our leadership. And we, we know that it still goes back to the beginning, it goes back to the foundation, uh, the roof, um, not good at construction, but I'm gonna follow this analogy just in my head. Um, but the you know the roof of a house obviously just would not be able to stand firm and to cover overall um, if the ground, if the floor, you know, is just not if it's built on sand. Like the, a good roof is just not gonna matter um, if if it's built on sand. So uh, it's we we do. I will say it again because I know I said it earlier. We have a long ways to go. Yes, we have a lot of work to do. Sure. Uh, well worth the work, yes, um, because of when uh, you have talked about just our, our children um, of, you know, and that all of us, and he was talking about actually all people at that point, that's what I really love. I didn't want to miss that, um, to reiterate that, that you were talking about all people, um, that we all want the same thing. We want better for our children. That's easy, and that's uh, not easily said, rather, sorry, uh, not easily done, but, um, you know, easily said that we all really want the same thing. Um, and yes, you can even go on the limb as far as the folks that you know and feel as though are completely on the opposite, you know, end of the earth or just on the opposite, um, the other side of the table, you know, as your opponent, um, but they still want the same thing in some way, shape, or form. And so that's why I said all of that to get to the point that I would be totally remiss not to reiterate uh, that you said earlier of the fight for humanity. That speaks to me on so many different levels because it is it is all I really, 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 really want to be restored on earth is humanity. That is the anecdote to it all in my opinion, um, simply because if we just got to the place of seeing, you said that seeing uh, someone as family, but seeing someone else as a human being before anything else. So that takes everything off of them. That takes all, that takes skin color, that takes, you know, occupation, that takes anything, their struggle, their success, all of it. It just purifies um, you know, from one to the other, my perspective of you, if at the very least we're talking about foundation, the foundation is that I see you as a human being that brings in what you were talking about earlier when you were speaking about um, your your upcoming project um, that we, I'm excited. I'm going to say we. We are excited for um, uh, is that, because I've been working through the other ones, by the way. Um, and so it's about respect, restoring respect. Respect is huge to me, huge, huge, huge. I've said uh, quite a few times, and as I'm still getting older and maturing, is that I don't really think I mean it as much, but I know it still holds a very important place to me, is that I, I've said quite a few times, it's like, you don't have to love me, but you will respect me. Like, at the very least, 
what I want and what I need is respect. And I think that too many of us, and I'm speaking just in general now, all people, too many of us have uh, dismissed the need for respect. Um, and it holds a very powerful place um, in humanity. And so if I can respect you as a human being, that you are over there breathing, you know, and like I'm over here breathing at the least, that's it, I don't care how you breathe, if it's through a tube, I don't care what skin is on you while you're breathing, just the fact that you are breathing um, or that you have not, because then we have to think about, you know, those that pass on, it's just all around. So uh, respect and humanity um, are my two uh, biggest takeaways um, from so much that you have shared tonight alone. Um, and y'all, I just, I'm telling you to do yourself a favor and treat yourself to these projects that are out. He already told you, and so I'm going to reiterate that they are available on Amazon. Um, and so uh, just in so much anticipation, looking forward to your next project, because uh, I know I'm going to be excited about that. Like, mm -hmm. I just, I feel that. Um, that made me even light up just as you were talking about it. Um, but before we get out of here and in a few minutes, is there any anything else that you would Whenever you find yourself in, in front of people, whether it's an individual or a group of folks, like what is it? You ever walk away from something like, man, if I could have told them that, boy, that would have, oh. So just what would be your, your, your thing that you really want to make sure that we get or we hear? Um, well, I'm sure a bunch of stuff will come to mind when we're done, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate that you pointed out because some we have to talk about these issues because someone told us that race is a thing. You know, for so much of human history, there was no concept of race and, and all of this, economic, all of that. You know, that's those are relatively within the last thousand years of millions of years, right? Um, and only in the last 500 years, race in the way that we discuss it in America. Mm -hmm. So it is important to say that I view myself as a human being first. And when I'm discussing things uh, having to do with social economic class, race, and all those constructs, it's because those are the instruments that mm -hmm. enemies have put between us, you know. But I am a human being first. We are all human beings first. And um, something else you elaborated on, you know, you could meet a stereotype of a of a racist, you know, Confederate flag, the whole stereotype. But like you said, if we set him down and asked him, what was he worried about? Oh, I just want my children to have opportunity. I want to know my house is not going to be taken from me. Well, why are you blaming black folks? Why do you hate black folks? Well, I've been told that you're taking the jobs that you, well, here's the numbers. That's not the case. So now why do you hate us? Well, because, you know, I might be a poor white, but at least I'm not black. Like, it's, it's all constructs. Mm -hmm. In the end, he wants the same thing that we want. And I have never heard a black person, and I don't consider every person who looks like me black, but I've never heard a black person say, I want an opportunity that I don't deserve ahead of a white person. Right. The request was an equal opportunity based on my merit, you know. So... Mm -hmm. The real enemy is, is certainly not color. Right. You know, it's lies, psychological lies. Mm -hmm. um, and another big takeaway is that I see your utopia. Mm -hmm. I see it in Emma's village where I grew up at. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. I see it. I see it. And, you know, we touched on so many of the, the challenges and the dark things going on in society right now. But for those of us that are spiritual, what the enemy of human beings, you know, nature reflects humanity's soul. What's going on in nature is a reflection. And that's deep. We can get into that. There's scientific evidence, metaphysical, but we, you know, but anyway, whatever's going on in the society, in, in, in nature, reflects what's going on in the world. So we got pandemics, we got wildfires, we got climate claim, change. Those are all things reflecting um, what's going on in the, the universal soul, the one soul of humanity, not this individual soul that we want to grab on and make competitive, the one consciousness of humanity. And that's telling us, this is what you did to the garden. It was a garden. You didn't have to hunt. You didn't have to compete. You didn't you know, just walk out, grab a tree, grab something off the tree. It's gold lying around. This is what you did with it. Yeah. It's a symbol. This is what you did with your soul. But I think that what we've seen in politics these last five years, what we've seen going on in the environment, is the enemy's making his last stance because he knows that utopia that you've been speaking of is very, very real, very near, very tangible. Now, our job is just don't F it up. Yeah, We're on the verge of it. When you look like it's losing like that, when the enemy starts doing things like... Uh, you know what the ancient Vikings used to do? And I'm not picking on the Vikings. Sorry. If they were if they were about to lose, they would get their craziest one mm -hmm. and make him the leader. Wow. Wow. Okay. I see that. And see Viking that. warfare is studied by every Eurocentric thought. So mm -hmm. connect the dots. Come on now. <laughs> you, wow. put your, you put your wild man in front when you're losing. Wow. So, um, huh. So... So, yeah, to end it on a positive, I think, to, to your answer your question, is uh, whatever I said, I didn't want to offend anyone, any individual groups or whatever, and I don't want to only speak about our challenges. Mm -hmm. I am convinced that that utopia is tangible. It's real. I'm even convinced it's near. It's mm -hmm. near. Um, and remember, all of these dark things we're seeing is the, the enemy of mankind trying to keep us from seeing just how near we are. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> y'all. Oh, my goodness. I am just sitting nicely in my chair because it is something about good. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from even saying positive, but good knowledge, like good conversation, good dialogue, healthy uh, content. Um, because I, I don't even want us to think that only if it's positive that, you know, it's good. And so when I use the term good, I just mean like hearty, soulful, like filling, you know, I am very full and I want this very feeling, feeling for all of us. And I mean, all of us as people, as humans, um, because especially when we think of, like I said, even the example of uh, who we automatically kind of think of like the races, right? Um, the, the stereotypical races. And so even that, because we know that a lot of that comes from, just as you broke that down, is if you would ask them questions, it comes from ignorance, right? Um, and so a lot of us, you know, unfortunately that are walking, uh, roaming this earth, uh, functioning out of ignorance, the bliss of ignorance, um, is that it would 
help us so much so to sit down and have these types of hearty, soulful, good conversations and, and dialogues and just to feed from not not to feed on but to feed from you know one another and so it, this is why I feel good um about this uh about this platform about these times that I get to to, to have with you know another individual within our community that sees it gets it you know doing something to push it forward and and to, to bring it uh bring it forth and so I with all of that being said I I wish I could think of another word that's higher than thank you, but I thank you never, ever, ever from the bottom of my heart, but with all of my heart, truthfully, just on behalf of all of us, I thank you. I thank you uh, for, for the sacrifice, because I know that when you're called to do something higher than yourself, it automatically comes with sacrifice. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Got it. So I I thank you and I acknowledge the fact that I am sure and y'all I'm speaking from the fact that I know nothing about any particular uh, sacrifice, but I I find it very necessary to acknowledge um, just when you know, like I said, that someone is doing and has been called to do something larger than themselves that it it automatically it comes with nothing else. It definitely comes with sacrifice um, and even some suffering. And so as we know, there's some good out of suffering, but still. And so to take the time out, it's necessary from one to another to say thank you and to acknowledge that sacrifice that you have made or the sacrifices. I'm not going to make that singular as I know it has to be plural uh, to thank you for that and to bear, for bearing through um, each of those and just answering the calling that is um, clearly over your life and just in all of the different uh, hats that you that you wear as the spiritual advisor, as the entrepreneur, the poet, the author. I mean, everything. The I don't know. I've, I've put historian on there. I've, I've kind of put some others like in my own mind. Like I said, I had someone note, but just uh, all of the things that you do and who you are. Thank you. I mean that truthfully. I know we're almost out of time, but let me just say thank you. Everything you said to me applies to you. And you remind Black men why we should be real men, women like you, women like yourself. Um, And to your point about respect, you don't even have to build defenses for your community when people see that you respect your woman. They don't try to attack you. Real men are real men because of the quality of women that we're fighting to protect. And, you know, you could have chosen another way to present yourself to the world, but you chose this way, mm-hmm. knowing that it might even intimidate some good brothers. Good, good brothers. I'm not even talking about whack brothers. Talking good. <laughs> but, but I, you know, it's, it's women like you that you talk about, you mentioned my sacrifice. It make, this is why we sacrifice, mm-hmm. because of mothers that can pass on what you can pass on. Women that are you, that must be protected and respected. So thank you as well. Well, y'all, that's it. It's just good stuff, good feels, good words uh, will do just that for me. Kind of just literally knock me off my feet in such a good way. Um, just all I have, truthfully, is thank you. At the end of it, uh, when you find yourself <laughs> wanting to say so many other words, sometimes the only thing that can even come to mind, come to your heart, come to the forefront of your spirit from my soul uh, truthfully are the two words. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I really received those words and you talked on some good stuff. You don't even know it. 
Um, and so it is our, our time to get out of here. I implore each of you to find Yusuf Amin on Facebook. It's Quantum Poetry by Yusuf Amin, um, as well as on Instagram. All of that is listed for you. It's been in the banner throughout the show. Um, get yourself over there on Amazon, okay, and find Police Pandemics and Protests, uh, Quantum Poetry, Teardrop Cafe, another project coming soon. Um, and I'll just use this, take a little bit advantage of having uh, the last uh, say is that I really hope that this is not our last time seeing you here. You are always more than welcome uh, to return back to the VMIX. Uh, we would just be excited to have you. On our last note, I got some flashing news um, uh, that, oh no, not Wolverine, y'all. Hugh Jackman tested positive for COVID. Lord of mercy. Um, and so it's just it's running rampant. So with on our last show of the year of 2021, going into 2022, God willing, I'm looking forward to seeing each of you on that side. I ask you to please be as safe as you possibly can. I love you. I honor each and every last one of you. Happy New Year. I'll see you in 2022. And always remember, be the mix that you are. Peace.